Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Great product lines. You want to deal with the best? Ford, Lincoln. Sunbury Motors has Kia. Sunbury Motors has Hyundai. You can go online also to sunburymotors.com and some tremendous pre-owned inventory as well. Great deals, great sales staff to work with. Service department takes care of the life of that investment. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Play-by-play call of the day. The United States women's soccer team against the Netherlands. It's Rapino against Van Feenendaal. It's 1-0. Rosa Fell. Lovely run. Great goal. Brilliant goal. Rosa Fell might have won the World Cup for the United States. For the fourth time, the United States of America crowned champions of the world and for the very first time they've done it on European soil it is finished at the Stade de Lyon in the final in victory and joy for the United States they can win anywhere as a matter of fact they can win anywhere first time on European soil yeah exactly Um, but their fourth World Cup win Alyssa Nair was in goal, made a huge save. Allie Krieger, so two Penn Staters right there. All right. Now we're going to get to the story that, I mean, I've gone through a wide variety of stories today, and Matt has barely listened to any of them until I brought up Jason Peters. He's back. He's back. He's your guy. He's going to get three mil guarantee. Could get six mil before it's all said and done. And on this show, there's a lot more said than done. So Daniel Gibbon joins us now from PennLive.com. Great to have you back. Yeah, thanks for having me. I uh, appreciate taking the time to chat today. Yeah, so let's chat about the Eagles. Jason Peters has been the mystery guy in all of this, and now has reappeared, and he's going to change positions. What were your thoughts on a getting him back and b him playing guard? Yeah, I think that it had been kind of uh, you know he'd been kind of a, a large shadow that had been looming over the the off season. Uh, I think a lot of people thought that when he became a free agent in March that there would be uh, some takers out there. Um, you know, even though he's 38 years old, even though he battled some injuries, uh, you know, it's hard to find good left tackle play. And I thought, you know, from my perspective, I thought that he was solid last year uh, and you could do a lot worse uh, than 38-year-old Jason Peters. But obviously uh, that didn't really come to fruition. Um, and now given the, the Brandon Brooks injury uh, and the hole that the Eagles have at right guard, 
uh, you know, they're bringing him in. Um, you know, I think that, you know, they regard Jason Peters as someone who is extremely gifted uh, athletically. Uh, and, you know, I think that he's well regarded as a very smart player. So I think that they think that, you know, if they're bringing him in, you know, to be a guard, uh, I think that they can, I think that they think he can be a guard. Um, and I, you know, I don't think that this is something that they would just kind of rush into haphazardly, like if it was in, you know, the middle of the season uh, and he was making the switch. Um, but it's it's going to be interesting. It's just kind of a another layer, uh, another uh, new storyline to really think about uh, right now. And that means that Andre Dillard is the starting left tackle who was the first-round pick a year ago. Did he make progress as the season went last year? Because I haven't heard the greatest reports about him. Yeah, I mean, I think that he had his struggles as a rookie last season. I think that the one, you know, the last time that people saw him play uh, was the week, I think it was week 12 uh, against Seattle, uh, where he started at right tackle, and it just did not go well. Um, You know, and during the week uh, before that game, he did not seem confident. Uh, And then, you know, when it came time to play, it was a disaster, and he got benched at halftime. Uh, but in the weeks before that, when he was playing left tackle while Peters was out with a knee injury for three weeks, um, you know, I thought that he performed well, or you know, not necessarily well, but I thought he was fine for a rookie. Obviously, there are going to be growing pains, um, and, you know, it's not the easiest position to play uh, at the NFL level, but I think with a full off offseason uh, and really knowing that this is going to be, uh, you know, his job, that it's a position where he can really make awesome strides going forward um you know with these younger guys the only you know they get knocked for having an experience but really the only way that you can get experience is to play uh and you know you kind of have to take the lumps uh sometimes you know with the growing pain it might not always be pretty but i think that dillard is actually going to get the chance this year to be the left tackle jason peters aside for the moment what is the void left by brandon brooks injury I mean, he's a three-time Pro Bowler at right guard, uh, arguably the you know the best right guard uh, in the NFL, maybe the best yeah. guard period in the NFL. Uh, and you have him playing between uh, J- or between Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson, two guys who are all pros. And you know, you really it's really hard to find a better combination than those three right. uh, in the NFL. So I think Brooks is just it's a huge loss. I mean, he. You know, he just plays at another level. He came back from that torn Achilles last year and was ready by week one and just didn't miss a beat. Uh, You know, he's a very just special player. Peter's deal calls for $3 million in guarantees, and if he fulfills certain incentives in there, he can get up to $6 million. But he's also changing positions. The nine-time Pro Bowler in Peter's. I, I mentioned earlier, and I'd, I'd rather have you discuss this because you know more about him than I ever would. Has he's a big man? Has weight contributed in any way to some of the injuries he's had? I mean, uh, I, age is going to be part of it. I mean, believe me, I know I wake up every day and everything hurts. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, but has has weight contributed at all to this? Has anybody ever talked about that? No, that's never really come up. Um, I think if you look at his injury history uh, in recent years, um, in 2017, you know, his 
his knee injury that ended his season, that was just kind of a you know a freak thing. You know, right. someone falls into you. Uh, and then last year, he had a quadriceps injury that bothered him. Or, or in 2018, he had a quadriceps injury that bothered him. Uh, and he attributed that to coming back from the knee injury and not being, you know, completely back and kind of some overcompensation, um, you know, leading to his quadriceps issue. Uh, and then he also, I think, had a biceps issue, which I think would be unrelated to that. Um, last year, I forget if there was a particular play where you could see if he got hurt, um, right. but I, I don't think that that's been a problem. I think that you know he's regarded as you know just kind of a physically gifted man. I mean, you watch him get out in front, um, you know, of someone on a run play. You watch him block some of these really great pass rushers, and you know, I think that he is just a preternaturally gifted man uh, at that size. Yeah, there's no question. Going into this camp, is there any uh, positional spot that you would have a concern about the Eagles or a positional spot where you think there's really legitimate competition? I mean, the easy answer there is just wide receiver. Um, Alshon Jeffrey is coming back from the foot injury. Uh, Deshaun Jackson had the core muscle injury that cost him pretty much all of last year. Um, and then there's just a lot of new faces. You have the three rookie draft picks, and you have Marquise Goodwin um, also coming in. Uh, Jalen Rager, the first-round pick, is going to be really exciting. Um, you know, they wanted to get faster, and they really accomplished that. But, you know, you kind of got to see how that comes together uh, in terms of, you know, constructing your complete wide receiver uh, core that – you know, can do everything you want it to do and that you need it to be able to do in the offense. So I think the easy answer there uh, is wide receiver. Um, and then, you know, I think the position, the other position I'm most interested in uh, is safety uh, with moving Jalen Mills, bringing in Will Parks and Kayvon Wallace uh, and bringing back Rodney McLeod while letting Malcolm Jenkins walk. Uh, that's a lot of moving parts yeah. uh, at that position. Um, so that, you know, safety and wide receiver are the two that, you know, going in, you know, in two weeks, that's what I want to see. Uh, Sal Palantonio, when we had him on the show, uh, when they drafted Jalen Hurts, he got a hold of Doug Peterson because Sal can. <laughs> and uh, uh, the great ones, uh, the great ones have a great Rolodex. And uh, Jalen Hurts was not just drafted to be the backup quarterback. There are going to be plays where they use him. How intrigued are you by Jalen Hurts and how he is going to be used? Yeah, I think that that's really kind of a, a big unknown going into the season. I think, it's a, um, I think it's a fun unknown. How about that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that that's kind of what, you know, they talk about not having preseason games or anything like that. Like, Jalen Hurts is one of the guys that, you know, going into a preseason game, I want to watch. I want to see what he can do uh, with the ball in his hands. I want to see if they're trying, if they try anything out with him. Um, but I think that's going to be interesting to watch. You know, when you talk about you know using these gadget plays and everything, I mean the the two uh, I guess different trains of thought is that you know the one from a positive sense is that it's a quote unquote tendency breaker where when you put them on the field, it gets the defense out of what they were doing. It makes them account for another guy. It makes them do things a little bit differently. But then the other side of it you know, that I look at is down the stretch last year, Carson Wentz was the best player uh, on that offense. That's right. Um, who, who touched the ball. And if you're bringing Jalen Hurts out there you know, a couple plays a game, 
you know, that is, you know, I don't know, 8 to 12 to 15 uh, times per game you're taking the ball out of your best player's hands, uh, which, you know, is that worth breaking a tendency? Is that worth a different look? I don't really know how that, you know, you know, breaks down numbers wise, but, you know, that's, I guess, the number one concern that, you know, I kind of, you know, have with kind of, you know, talking about all these different ways that you can use a guy like Jalen Hurts is that it takes the ball out of Carson Wentz's hands. And as we saw last year in that, that final month of the season, Carson Wentz can do some amazing things when he has the ball in his hands, when he's the guy. Then let's, let's play devil's advocate for a moment. It also does make a defensive coordinator have to then spend extra time on something they think might happen. Yeah, I think that that's kind of the the big thing that it can do, um, you know, for an offense is that it can, you know, it's the more things you can make the defensive coordinator think about, uh, you know, the more that helps you. I mean, at the same time, though, you know, you still have to spend time, uh, you know, putting together that package. You know, that's another another thing that, you know, you're investing time in, too. Um, but, no, I mean, I think that that's definitely something that, is worth watching and that I'm I'm really intrigued by. You know, Doug Peterson is regarded as a very creative coach. Um, you know, they brought in some new voices on the offensive side of the ball. So, you know, I think that they could put together a pretty fun or at least interesting Jalen Hurts package. Well, I think Doug Peterson's a fun coach to be around. I believe he went for it on fourth down more than anybody in the league last year. Uh, which the analytics people love. They love when you go for it. Hey, you got four downs to make ten, baby. <laughs> I think he's yeah. fun. I think he's fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, watching, you know, when there are times when, you know, you look at the games when the Eagles' backs are really up against the wall uh, in 2018, that Sunday night game uh, at the Rams really jumps out at me where, you know, it's they're almost it almost seems like that he's at his best the team's at, at its best when you know at, no one is giving them a chance and they don't really have anything you know it seems like they don't have anything to play for i mean that's when it really comes out you know i think that the the big challenge for them moving forward is to not let the season get to the point where you know you have to win out and get help right. uh, in order to make the playoffs um but no i mean when you know, when it comes down to it, you know, I think that he's one of the more entertaining, he's one of the more fun, and it just it's just in, more interesting, you know, to watch Eagles games when he's coaching. Oh, there's no question. There's no question. That's why I know it was fun for everybody in Philadelphia to watch the Eagles win the Super Bowl. As, But if you were a neutral, casual fan, because that game, I mean, those teams cracked the 30s. It was a fun game to watch because they did all sorts of stuff. <laughs> I mean, both, yeah, both teams did. Yeah, I mean those that 2017 uh, offense was so entertaining. Uh, they were so balanced. They were so deep. Uh, and you know, I think that that's really what they want to get back to uh, this year. You know, the offense last year. Um, I think it graded out in the middle of the pack, uh, according to some of the you know the the advanced stats and just mm-hmm. kind of the, the pure numbers, but just aesthetically, you know, from the eye test, uh, it was just, it was pretty brutal to watch sometimes. It was so, you know, station to station. Right. Uh, there was no speed outside of Miles Sanders and Boston Scott, not much explosion. Uh, and I think that that's really, you know, the Eagles really made the concerted effort this off season to add that speed, add some of that explosiveness. And, 
you know, I think that it's, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, on paper you look at it and it's like, all right, like, I think this could work. Um, so, you know, when or if the games come back, I mean, that's, you know, you want to see, you just want to see speed on the field and yeah. you want to see what Wentz and Peterson can do with that speed. There's the old saying, you can't teach that. All right. <laughs> and thanks so much. It was really great to have you back with us. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Steve. Have a good rest of your day. Yeah, we will. Appreciate that very much. See, I had to bring up Jalen Hurts because I know, as an Eagles fan, how emotionally committed you are to that pick. (laughs) But you know what? Daniel said it best. You have a guy in Carson Wentz already who can be like a Houdini. We've heard that phrase before with him. You don't need another Houdini on the field or coming in for one Houdini after another. Especially as a second-round pick. Well, I'll stop there because I know you. this is exactly what you wanted. <laughs> I'll never be you, satisfied with this pick until maybe I see it play out. I just brought up the topic and you act like I'm trying to stir something up. <laughs> You're getting good at this. I, I just thought I'd bring it up. I didn't think that uh, it would cause such an emotional... I didn't think you'd get to the cliff. All right, we'll uh, <laughs> we'll come back with more in a moment. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Great to have you with us on the show today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, Fourth Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Uh, the latest opt-out. In Major League Baseball was absolutely no surprise to me at all. I I expected it, and that was Jordan Hicks of the St. Louis Cardinals. Jordan, of course, pitched here with the State College Spikes in 2016. That was a big reason why they won the championship that year. You're saying, well, why why do you think it's not a surprise? Jordan is a type 1 diabetic, and so that puts him into the highly susceptible category, and I think he made the best decision for him. Uh, to opt out. So he's the latest to opt out. Uh, but I expected to hear from him sooner about that. So that's the story with him. Um, the testing part of it, uh, NHL testing is like 4% positive. Major League Baseball is 1.6% positive. Um, so it's... And again, these statistics tell you anywhere from 40 to 50% of the positives are asymptomatics. But I'm not an epidemiologist, although I attempt to play one on the radio. No, I didn't even try to do that. Taking it a day at a time. Next half hour... Matt will explain why Chip Kelly's a great fit for UCLA. (laughs) Oh, that'll be some good quality radio. You're just not a big fan. I don't, you know. Like, when I talked to little Luke 
seven, eight years from now. Oh, no. <laughs> is he going to be regurgitating the same stuff? We'll probably just see the Chip Kelly years. Maybe. Daddy doesn't like Chip Kelly. <laughs> what? <laughs> Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Check out their great inventory. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. But they also have tremendous pre-owned vehicles. Inventory is tremendous. Sales staff, they have deals. No doubt about that. Service department takes care of the life of your investment, your vehicle. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 to 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. During the entire news break, I had to listen to somebody complain about Chip Kelly. Just, just... Oh, it's sad. Very, very. I just, I worry about you. I really do. Yeah. If only you knew me during those days. <laughs> oh, good. Well. Great to have you with us on the show today. So one thing we don't know, do we, is, and I don't know this for a fact, what is Rogers' choice for the Washington whatevers? You know what? That is a good question. None of us have heard that yet. I, mean, I don't know what the... the my goodness. Maybe the wet Washington whatever's is is the right choice. <laughs> that certainly described the franchise pretty good. Oh, it's just cruel. <laughs> They've got three Super Bowl championships. You have one. And please don't tell me you're one equals three. It just it doesn't. No, yeah, no. The three, you know, three to one. And they have a trophy case. You have a trophy. <laughs> oh, believe me, I'm not defending the <laughs> the Redskins in any way. Or I just, but I mean, I I haven't heard at all from Raj about what name he prefers. Yeah, we'll have to uh, we'll have to get his answer on that. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to know. He can, I mean, he can email me anytime, text me. It doesn't matter. So yeah, um, 
I'd be interested to know. I because I have no personal opinion. I mean, to me, in, in these in these days, go with something safe. Pandas, sharks. Yeah. In fact, you could make you could make an entire segment of the population really happy just picking endangered species. So, <laughs> hey, all right. <laughs> Sarah McLaughlin would be proud. Yes, exactly. <laughs> or they could name it after our favorite dog. They could call it the MacGyvers. <laughs> I'd be for that. Or the Murphys. Now, would you have little Luke play with MacGyver or with Murphy? All Murphy, hands down. That's kind of a cut on MacGyver, don't you think? No, see, I mean, you have to get to know MacGyver to under, fully understand him. He's oh, definitely good. a special dog, but he's he's a big dog, but very lovable, mm-hmm. and you got to be ready for him. Like, he can easily knock you over, and I don't think Luke's ready for that just yet. Oh, I had grandchildren here two weeks ago with dogs. <laughs> they can spin you around like a top. And so... Uh... And that was just me. <laughs> all of the kids. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I just, I just was wondering. I mean, do you have a preference? They just can't go Warriors, or else this whole thing was just absolutely useless. Why would you say that? Because as J.P. Finley mentioned on the show on Friday, the Warriors thing still kind of keeps the Native American persona in it, sort of. So I, I, I don't think it would make much sense to go through all this to do this name change, and you're still kind of in that, that area of Native American, even though obviously there's thousands of other teams that have Warriors. It's interesting. Rick Riley wrote an article at Sports Illustrated. Oh, boy. Four, three, four years ago? Maybe five. And he pointed out that they were on Indian reservations. 33 different high schools on Indian reservations. You know what the nickname was? Redskins. Oh, wow. Now, that's not, I mean, they sit there, that's that's the choice they make because that's the choice they wanted to make. But this is what I think is going to happen once they do make the name change. It's just a guess. I'm talking about fan reaction. Keeping the colors would be a good thing. Because, to be honest with you, burgundy and gold is a pretty good color combination, right? It's always, it's always looked good. It's always looked sharp. So they have that. All right. My experience in watching... Now, again, Illinois did not change to fighting Illini. Right? They've been the fighting Illini. But their mascot was the chief. 
what they would do is at halftime of a football game, the chief, the mascot, would come out and to music would do a dance. And, of course, it was uh, typical um, what you would expect Native American music. At halftime of basketball, the chief would come out and the students from the Orange Crush would line the court all the way around and chief would do his dance. Okay. The NCAA then said, you're not going to be invited to NCAA anything if you continue to have the chief as your mascot. So Illinois keeps fighting Illini, but drops the mascot. So Illinois doesn't have a mascot. Well, they still play the music at halftime. And at the end of the selection, the students and some other fans yell out, Chief! When I walk into the stadium or the building, now the stadium has got to be earlier in the season. The building, of course, it doesn't matter. Once you're inside, you can take your coat off. There's so many people still wearing T-shirts that say Chief on it. So from that, I draw this conclusion. I think you're going to find early on, once fans are allowed back to being at games, early on you're going to have enough people wearing their Redskins memorabilia. Some because that's what they own and they didn't buy anything else. And some as a protest of the name change. But as time goes, that will start to fizzle out. And especially if they pick uh, pick symbolism that they can use for logos and so forth that is cool, and that's why you hire design people to do that. I mean, look how enduring the Penn State we have, we always refer to it as the chip chipmunk. Well, look how enduring that lion symbol has been here. I mean, that was done in 1980. Jeez, I don't know, three, four, somewhere around there. I mean that 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 symbol has been here. That logo has been here at Penn State for more than 35 years. So if you get the right group, the right individuals that can design something, it can be enduring and people will adapt to it. UMass changed from Redmen to Minutemen in 1972. When I brought that fact up to you or other reporters who have been covering the Washington story, not one of them you know, has noticed, knew it. You notice that, Matt? Every time I brought that up, not one person has known that. Yep, absolutely. That's what time does. To everyone, UMass is the Minutemen. When Julius Irving played there, they were the Redmen. 
And then in 72, they changed over to Minutemen. St. John's is a little more recent. Did you know that St. John's was the Redmen? That actually, I didn't know either when you mentioned that to JP last but, week. But again, that's because you weren't born when they were the St. John's Redmen. Miami of Ohio was the Redskins. Again, younger generations, this won't mean anything to them. To college football fans, it's the Miami Redhawks. To college basketball fans, it's the St. John's Red Storm. Although Red Storm's never really caught on. It never really has. But to younger fans, they're the Red Storm. To UMass fans, they're the Minutemen. And that's what happens with time. With time, you get a phasing out of it. And that will happen with this. It'll be phased out. In the minds, I mean, older fans are gonna—they're gonna remember it, remember it, remember it. I understand that. But like anything, it, you know, time will phase it out. Time will make it seem normal. And I think that's what's gonna happen. Initially, there'll be some people—they'll be upset. They're gonna sit there and say, hey, "What the heck? I'm gonna wear my." Redskins paraphernalia. I want to wear it to the games. I'm going to show them what I think. Okay. But over time, it'll phase out. You know, a lot of nicknames that are different now than what they used to be anyway, for goodness sakes. The Steelers used to be the Pittsburgh Pirates. Right? I mean, look at the San Francisco. The New York, you know, that was back in the era where football teams were taking the baseball nicknames. I mean, the the Washington Redskins were the Boston Redskins, but before that they were the Boston Braves. Well, they played at Braves Field, home of the baseball Boston Braves, who are now the Atlanta Braves. The New York, you know, you still have older people today calling them the New York football giants. Because they had the same nickname and played in the same stadium, the Polo Grounds, as the New York baseball giants. There was an NFL team at one point, the Brooklyn Dodgers. So it's not unusual. You know, so eventually people started changing their nicknames. I mean, uh, the, uh, the AFL, the American Football League with Red Grange had the New York Yanks. And Cardinals another good example too. Uh, that one, believe it or not, no. Believe it or not, no. They were the, the Chicago Cardinals too. Yes, yeah, but they were the Chicago Cardinals, right? And the St. St. Louis baseball Cardinals already existed, and it turns out, ironically, they moved to St. Louis and kept Cardinals. So that one is that one is a no. They were the Chicago Cardinals, years and years and years. 
1960, moved to St. Louis, and just kept the nickname. Now, sometimes you have to change. For example, I'll give you one. This is a, this is a benign name change. The Denver Nuggets. Do you know what the original nickname of the Denver Nuggets was? The Denver Rockets. But because they were transitioning to the NBA, and you already had the Houston Rockets, they changed the Nuggets. Years later, nobody remembers they were called the Denver Rockets. So, you know, yeah, over time over time that'll that'll be fine. They're young fans of Miami of Ohio. Well, let's take Marquette, the Golden Eagles. They were the Warriors forever and ever. When Al, when Al McGuire was there, they were the they were the Warriors. You know, they changed. It's after a while, you get used to it. After a while, you get used to it. That's with most things. I think if Chip Kelly were still the coach of the Eagles today, you would not be used to it. That is 110% correct. Does he know you're not crazy about him? (laughs) He probably does. Sad. Very sad. Back with more in a moment. Uh, Believe me, I'm no Chip fan. Back with more in a moment, brought to you by Sunbury Motors on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Just don't see what you have against Chip Kelly. I just don't. I mean, I think there's you know there's something really special about somebody that when they walk into the room they know that they're smarter than everybody else there. <laughs> there really, is something to be said for that. I was gonna say, do you have another two hours? <laughs> I mean, it's, you know. You know, last time I saw somebody do that, I was at a Chickalimi game in the broadcast booth, and this guy walked in. I'm ready to go. <laughs> know it all. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> what? <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. All right. We'll talk more about again the the nicknames are 
enduring. I mean, Nittany Lions, Buckeyes, Wolverines, you know, I mean, that's the college side of it, which, of course, in the pros, let's face it, you know, the Phillies mean something. I mean, you have people refer, when they refer to their team, they don't refer to their team by the city. Hey, the Phillies, the Eagles, the Flyers, the Sixers. Uh, I mean, that's what they refer to them as. And that's... You know, that's important. You know, so the, the nickname will come in, but eventually it will fade as time goes. Great to have you with us today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Another fun day coming up tomorrow. The question is, will we find out Rogers' choice for the Washington nickname. And also, an all-expense-paid trip to see Chip Kelly. 